Welcome back to another Impact tonight of Impact Education Leadership. This is episode 123. I'm your host, IG Fires, as on third. Tonight's time is Montez Jones. Uh, and the topic tonight is going to be cooperation through repetition and reinforcement. Montez Jones, shout out to the people. Let us know what you've been up to, sir. I know it's been a lot. Hey, what's going on, Isaiah? Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, you know, I've been up to a lot. Actually, we just had our largest event in October, the end of October, called Live to Lead Arlington 2021. We had, uh, it's a rebroadcast, but in a rebroadcast, man, we, we do a lot with that. So we had a rebroadcast. It's the John Maxwell event. And you all know I own Chase Jones Training Solutions, just in case you haven't heard me before. Um, I'm a certified speaker, teacher, trainer, and coach. And I'm an executive director with the John Maxwell team. So if, if you're looking to go from here to there, in between here and there, it's growth. And, and most of the time, you need a guide or somebody, a coach. Let's put it that way. You need a coach to get you there. It's not a sports coach. It's an executive level coaching. It's a personal coaching. It's a team building coaching. So you can be the best person you can be. So <clears throat> I did live to lead. And then also I just did a training for a, a small team in Louisville called Leaders of Tomorrow. And this is part of the National Black MBA Association. So I just got off with the training with them and we were talking about what are they known for and what do they want to be known for. It's a book by, by Jeff Henderson. So um, been up to a lot, man. And, and here in, in January, February, I'll be doing some classes at Seguin High School and um, the College and Career Technical uh, Education Center here in Arlington, Texas. I'm also probably going to do some type of uh Lunch and learn that's dealing with leadership, but I definitely, definitely want to put on the schedule a mastermind group of Think and Grow Rich. That's been one of my books, <clears throat> and I'm working on people to double their income in 2022. That's what I've been up to, Isaiah. Listen, listen, we are so blessed to have you here on this podcast this evening, tonight. And, you know, it's going all over the world. We're in about 43 countries, 48 countries. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad they're going to get a chance to hear and, and take notes. You know, get your notepad, get your notepad out, get your notebook out uh, and get ready to take some notes. Um, you know, for me, leadership is, is a type of philosophy because you're, you're reasoning, it's, it's inductive, it's deductive. Uh, and, and you have to use repetition. And so, you know, repetition is possibly the most uh, intuitive uh, principle of learning. It's traceable all the way back to ancient uh, Egyptian and Chinese education with records dating back to approximately 4,400 and uh, 3,000 uh, BC. Uh, even philosophers like Aristotle, uh, commented on the role of repetition and learning by saying it is frequent repetition that produces a natural tendency and the more frequently two things are experienced together the more likely it will be that the experience or recall one will stimulate the recall of the other and so it's that communication that you are going to hear tonight um, you know Montez Jones has been working with a thought leader 
John Maxwell uh, for years now, and, and John Maxwell is, is keen on communication. He's keen on, you know, feedback and how communication transmits from one uh, person to the other. And, and sometimes, you know, what happens in the middle can be uh, a distraction, right? It could be noise, right? And so, you know, tonight is going to be stimulating. And why is it going to be stimulating? I believe it's going to be stimulating to not only educators, but also organizational leaders, because they're going to be able to increase in value. And we're going to show them how to use repetition to reinforce this strategy. Uh, in other words, uh, regardless how much competition occurs in your organization, in your school, uh, amongst your groups, amongst your students, repetition through co-opetition, right? Partners will produce more complementary outcomes with competing entities. Now, I, you probably never heard that word. If you have, awesome. But co-opetition is an act of cooperation between competing companies, businesses that engage in both competition and cooperation. And so this is a form of co-opetition, right? So it is recommended that organizations should strive to engage in an optimal level of co-opetition as too little or too much such as strategies can be harmful to various types of company performance. Listen, I, I you know, I, please tell us Montez, what is it like working with John Maxwell and what have you learned as it relates to uh, organizational leadership um, strategies working with, um, you know, John Maxwell? Well, Isaiah, first of all, I want to say <clears throat> uh, co-opetition, uh, you turned me on to something new. And when I mm. told me I was going to be on the podcast, I had to look that up, too, because I said, <laughs> is he talking about cooperation or is he talking about competition? So I, I thought it was a misspelling, but you, you good. I, I like that. So <clears throat> here's the thing. When, when working with the John Maxwell team, and being an executive director, it's it's really just that coopetition because you know there's forty thousand certified John Maxwell speaker, teachers, trainers, and coaches around the world. Okay, forty thousand. And at one time, I was thinking, when are they ever going to stop? We keep bringing people in, and every time I go in March or August, there's another three thousand. There's another four thousand. I said, this is going to be too many, and, and we're going to spoil the brand. Everybody's going to be a certified speaker, teacher, trainer, and coach. And then I started talking to people, and I started meeting people, and I tell them I'm an executive director with the John Maxwell team. And they said, well, you know, I, I, I went through it, and I'm not doing anything with it. And I'm thinking, my goodness, I wonder why. So I start asking them questions. But just like with you and I, you teach, you train, and we have a healthy competition, but if it's something I can bring you in, then it's cooperation. And if it's something that you can bring me into, that's cooperation. So this word, when, when we look at mutually beneficial results, and you put it, you put it correctly, you know, people have been teaming up since the beginning of time. 
And I always say, even marriages are a cooperation. There's some, you know, there's some playful um, competition in marriages. And, and for some of you listening to the podcast, think about this: who, which one of you all does not play spades with your significant other? Think about that, because some of us, like me, I'm a spadeologist. So I'm only going to play with people who can play because I always want to win. That might not be, you know, mutually beneficial to the other team, but it's it's competition. But I, I have learned in my life that once the game is over, I can shake your hand and say good game, whether I win or I lose, because it's just a game. So in working with the John Maxwell team, it's a good competition, but every, most of the people, I will say most, because I haven't met everybody in the John Maxwell team, but most of the people want you to be the best speaker, teacher, trainer, and coach that you can be. And they bring us in, they bring me in, or I bring them in whenever I need help. Ooh, I knew look, I knew this was gonna be good. Listen, y'all, because I'm from the South, y'all need to get these notebooks out and take notes. I know some of you guys are driving right now. I know some of you guys are walking your dogs, some of you guys are, are jogging. Listen, you gotta go back and listen to this and you have to go take some notes. Let me ask you a question real quick, uh, Mr. Montez Jones. And again, we want to thank you for being on the podcast. When you hear the word lead or or, or leadership, what comes to mind when you hear the word lead or leadership and we want you to lead us we we want to walk with you we want to take a journey we want you to tell us in, in transparency what does that word mean to you and how do you value that word lead and leadership well when i when i look at the word leadership it, it always rings true to me since uh probably 2011 when I, I first got introduced to John Maxwell, he says leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Leadership is just how do you influence other people? Uh, what is it that you do that influences them? And it, it could be as simple as if you're at work listening to this podcast, uh, influencing somebody to go out to lunch. Because right now in this world, we have people that are still, you know, kind of looking at COVID as something that they don't want to deal with or they want to deal with or it's going to be around. So if you can influence somebody to go out to lunch these days, that might be a big deal. It could be uh, if I have high school students or students listening to this, how do you influence your friends? How do you lead them? Now, there's, there's positive leadership and there's negative leadership. There are some people that lead people down the drain. So it, there could be, when we look at the word leadership, we look at, we have to differentiate who are the people that we want to follow and who are the people that we want to lead. Great leaders are great followers. And <clears throat> I was out at in Plano, Texas, yesterday, and I visited the uh, nonprofit that I adopted, Hope, Hope Restored Missions, Hope Restored Missions. And what they do is they help homeless people get um, 
get IDs and toiletries and those type of things. You know, shameless plug. But <clears throat> I looked at them and I told the leader, I said, the hardest, you, you are doing a great job. You have about seven people in here and you're doing a great job. Why is that? Because volunteers, besides yourself, are the hardest people to lead. Volunteers aren't getting a paycheck. They're doing it for the love of what they do. So you really have to be a good leader to lead volunteers because it's for the love of it. You know, in a corporation, when I go into a corporation and teach, they say the job and the, the culture and all that, you know, you can always fall back on you getting a paycheck. And they'll say, well, I'm not getting enough. Okay, I can agree with that. But you're getting a paycheck. You can kind of fall back on that. So when we talk about leadership, we're looking at how do you influence people? Is it influencing in a good or not so good way? Are you an anchor or are you an energizer? And people are probably going to text you and ask you, Isaiah, how do you know if you're an anchor or an energizer? Here's how you can tell. When you walk in the room, do you suck all the air out of the room? That means you're an anchor. Or do you energize the room when you walk in? When you walk in, it's like people are energized to see you. Are you that person that walks in and people are like, oh, oh God, he's here? Oh, okay. So that's what I, that's what I think of leadership there, Isaiah. And I would like to hear what you, what your definition of leadership is. Listen, you, you know you didn't blew my mind because my godmom is one of the volunteers of Hope Restored Mission. And I'm so proud, I'm so proud of, of Tammy and the organization. I didn't even know you was connected to them, but it makes, and now it makes perfect sense. Uh, wow, they have done so much. They've gone to uh, Costa Rica. They have gone uh, throughout Dallas, DFW, Plano, uh, you name it. Uh, they have done so, so much uh, in helping others help themselves. So first off, let me just uh, give a shout out to them. Uh, keep up the good work. For me, leadership. Uh, I'm 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 very keen to Robert uh, K. Greenleaf, right? He's a servant leader, and he adopted uh, his his theory, his strategy from all the way back to Jesus Christ, right? Who was the uh, apex of servant leadership? Um, leadership is giving someone um, all you got, or, or pouring yourself out to there's there, there's nothing. Uh, love and so uh, I, I equate that to love. So for me, leadership is love. I don't I don't give people me because I have nothing to give. I give them uh, the God in me, and when I give them the God in me, then I can be used as a vessel to be poured out. And so then you know when when you pour it out like water, you become like fluid. And when you become like fluid, then you 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 can get humble. You can get into any situation, even with the podcast. You know, every time I have a, and it's no secret, every time I have a guest like yourself, uh, I have to uh, put myself, posture myself in a, uh, a position of hospitality, right? Where I, I you know, it's like I'm putting a, a, a waiter's towel over my forearm and I'm, I'm serving. Uh, and so, you know, for me, I am a servant leadership uh, person. And so that's, you know, when I hear the word leadership, I, I think of service. That, that's the word that comes 
uh, to mind for me. I know there are different forms. There's transformational leadership, but but my my type of leadership uh, trait is is servant leadership. And, and you know, what is yours? <laughs> what is yours? But I want to ask you another question. What type of leader are you? Well, that's a tough question to ask. Answer, and I would say. <clears throat> I am, uh, I'm a dual leader because I, if, if, if I'm working for you, if you're working for me and I'm leading you, I have to figure out your combination. And I believe that everybody is like a combination lock. You know, you hit that one tumbler, it doesn't open them up. You hit the second tumbler, it really doesn't open them up, but you get closer. You hit that third tumbler and you can open them up to be the highest level of who they want to be and who they are supposed to be, like you said, in God's eyes. But you don't want to be led, like you just mentioned Tammy, because I'm her coach. You don't want to be led like her because you're two different people. Um, Here's an example for you. I used to play basketball in Germany. And and in playing basketball, I I played some high-level basketball. And, And... I used to remember any team that I was on, I played, I usually played point guard. Sometimes I played down low, but I was the best at point guard. My big man who played with me, I could lead them and communicate with them differently than the point guard that spelled me coming off the bench. My big man, if he's not running down court, he's not getting rebounds, being aggressive, et cetera, et cetera. I look up at him, da, 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 you know, and yell at him, and everybody would see it in the gym, and they'd see me, you know, cussing him out, et cetera, et cetera. But that point guard that spelled me as he came off the bench, I would pull him aside and, and put my arm around him and say, hey, what happened? Tell me why, you, why was that a turnover? Why did that happen? And he was a processor. But if you yell at him, it would take him out of the game totally. So I don't believe that we're one type of leader. When you, the leaders that really are great leaders know how to lead people differently. When you look at, at those, those leaders that have hit the highest level of leadership. So that's what I think. I'm telling you, listeners, you have to take notes. You have to take notes. Okay, so listen, Montez, I mean, you know you're amazing. You know you are thought-provoking. Listen, I want to go. Can I go a little bit further? Can can I go deeper? Go ahead. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. So, you know, a a lot of people pray to God, those that believe in God. Or pray to whomever they worship. They they ask, you know, Lord, increase my territory. Lord, uh, give me more territory. Give me more uh, influence. Give me more responsibility. Things of that nature. And so my question for you is, when you hear the word expansion, when you hear the word grow, or even growth mindsets, what comes to mind for you when you're hearing that word, uh, uh, you know, I, I need to expand. I need to go to the next level. I need to take it up a notch to the next tier, to the next level. I need to go, uh, I want to go higher. 
when you hear that, when you feel that, when you breathe that, when you focus on expansion, you can either tell us what are the steps you take uh, as, as it relates to objectives, as, as it relates to opportunities, but what comes to mind when you hear that word expansion? That would be my question for you. You know, ex expansion, the word that comes to my mind is fear. Um, and, and I believe this is how it happens. We, we pray to God or whoever you pray to, he said, expand my territory. We will say that every day. And then God will give us an idea to expand our territory. And we say, oh, no, that's not for me, God. Uh-uh. You start to get what you want, and you back off and say, well, that ain't the way I want it. And what takes us out of that type of, of mindset? It, 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 it's fear. And, and fear will stop us in our tracks. And we do that in relationships, too. Lord, give me a man, or give me a woman, give me a good man, give me a virtuous man, or a virtuous woman, give me this, give me that, and, and God would say, well, uh, remember, I give you the test, and then I, I give you the lesson. It's backwards, because I know you're an educator. In school, you give them the lesson, and say two plus two is four, two times two is four, <clears throat> now we're going to have a test over it. It's backwards when we talk to God. There's the test. And then there's the lesson. It's kind of all through the Bible. If you look at Job, Job had the test, and then he said, oh, here's the lesson. Uh, so when, when you look at expansion, if, when you look at trying to expand your territory, we try to make decisions out of our thinking mind instead of trying to make decisions out of our believing mind. Because belief to me is I want, uh, this is what I want to be, so this is how I have to live. But for most of us, when we're making decisions, we procrastinate because we think about, oh, how much time is this going to take? Oh, how much money is this going to take? But you know what, Isaiah? I don't know how to do that. Well, what about the people? I need more people if I want to expand. I don't have the people. Well, and guess, you know, I really don't have the resources. Um. And come to think of it, Isaiah, I've never done that before. And then we look at, so guess what? What's my decision? I can't do it. And you know, you tell your children the same thing I tell the high school folks at Sydney <clears throat> High School that I mentioned. Yeah, same, another shameless plug. But once you say I can't, everything shuts down. But instead of, we should look at this expansion as, God calls you because you're ready, not because you're not ready. And all of those things are growth, the time, the money, the know-how, the people, the resources. What have you done it before? You, when you're a baby, you never walked before, but you didn't say, she don't have time to learn that. It's going to take some money because once I fall, I'm going to break something. I, didn't, I don't know how to walk. I know that mom or dad or somebody's going to catch me. The people are there. And sometimes they're not. I don't have the resources. And, you know, I've never walked before. So I'm not going to try it. We would all still be crawling. So when we look at expansion, we got to look at expanding. And, and, and it's like a, the rubber band, the law of the rubber band. A rubber band is only useful 
if it's expanded. If it's not expanded, a rubber band really won't hold anything together and it'll fall off if you pick up whatever the gaggle of stuff that you have. So that's what I think about when I think about expansion. Lord have mercy. Listen, listen, you are a dual leader. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I know you come from a military background like me, and it's like you have to know how to multitask. You can't just look through a life in a tunnel vision. You have to be able to look at it at, with a wide lens, uh, so to speak. Uh, I heard so much uh, thought-provoking uh, ideas and creativity and, and, and leadership. I, I heard so much... Um, inspiration uh, and, and, and you know you are a visionary you, you're confident and, and you know who you are because of all the tests and trials um, that you have experienced uh, throughout uh, your life I believe and, and, and this is one of the things I'm not trying to go into a, uh, a preaching here but you know, th these are things that mankind has to have now in order to reason. We have to go through trial and error, right? Um, trial and error, you know, you know, back in, I'll say, antiquity. You know, at first everything was given to us, but because some things happen, right, now we have to go and learn everything through trial and error first before we can say, okay, yeah, uh, don't touch that stove right it's hot right and so now we have to trust our experiences or you know can we really trust our experiences what is what is true right and so you went in so many different directions I, let me let me let me bring it let me bring it to this so talking to our organizational leaders talking to our school leaders church leaders, nonprofit leaders, you name it. Why should organizational leadership strategies focus on curriculum for accessing new resources for people who share the same interests or, or passion, especially now that because of technology, Right, our, our reach is so much more greater, so much more diverse. We can now translate uh, things that we do through Google. And so someone in China uh, who does not speak English can understand. Someone in Russia, someone in Brazil, someone in Bangladesh, right, can understand what you're saying now because of software applications that translate what you're saying in English to their native tongue. Why should we as organizational leaders start looking for curriculums to access new resources for people who share the same interests or passions that we do that are in distant lands? That would be my question. I know it's loaded. Please take your time. And uh, unwind that <laughs> Montez jumps. Okay, that's that's a good one. And we we have to start looking globally. I know 
um, with COVID, we're talking about we're not taking people from certain countries. Okay. <clears throat> and if that happens, it happens. Um, I'm not saying whether that's good or bad. I'm saying that we can still reach that country because you just said it. We have technology. We have technology. And, and I, let me put this out here. This may sound funny, but I, I grew up on Star Trek. I used to love the old Star Trek with Captain Kirk. And it's funny that you, that you mentioned technology because remember almost everything on Star Trek is really coming, coming true. They had communicators, flip up communicators where they can communicate back with the ship. They had teleportation. We ain't got there yet that I know of. And if somebody hears me talking, if you got it, holler at your boy. But you know, uh, you know, they had, they had the universal translator. And so we have to look at these, at these type of things, because as organizational leaders, our strategies have to be focused on the, the good of the globe, not the good of your, your city, not the good of your state, not the good of the South or the North or just the United States, but what leadership strategies can you put together for the good of the globe? Because we just talked about it. We talked about expansion. And in talking about expansion, we have to look into these new resources. Now, here, here's a twist to this, Isaiah. <clears throat> you know, I help a lot of small businesses to grow. And, and in that, some of these new resources, we really have to not focus on, but we have to do our research on. Because you can't get everything. When, when COVID hit, Zoom stock went through the roof. And then everybody started to have these online platforms. Free conferencing started with the, with the camera and um, some other things came out. But Zoom was really the revolutionary of, hey, we're going to do this online thing. And I had been using Zoom for almost a year before I went totally to Zoom. So those type of strategies, we need to do our research and we need to use those resources because everybody has that Maslow's hierarchy of need, of safety and security and those type of things. And, and that are, those are the strategies that we put in place because we all have the same interests and passion if we go back to your First or second question, talking about leadership. If you're a good leader, then it's not just about making money. Good leaders, <clears throat> they make money, but some of them don't. Great leaders, some of them don't. But they change culture. If you look at Martin Luther King Jr. and you read the books and you look at the documentaries and all that, they say basically he died broke. But we're still celebrating his legacy every January. It took a while, but we, we still celebrate his legacy. So these organizational leadership strategies coming into new resources for people to share the same interests and the same passion, then we got to look globally and not just in our small towns.
Listen, listen, listen. You know, we out of time. That went so quick. I, I'm kind of upset. Uh, wow, wow. I, look, that was so rich. You don't even comment after that. You, you just go back and play it over and over and over and over again and share it to a friend. We out of time, but before we go, Montez Jones is in the building. What What's the takeaway you want to leave the audience with uh, tonight from this conversation? Because, I mean, it, for me, it was so rich. But what takeaway you want to leave, sir, to the audience? Hey, you know, I appreciate First of all, I want to thank you, Isaiah, for having a podcast. And I told you before, um, <laughs> I, I will admit, I'm not dedicated enough to have a podcast like you do. So I thank you so much. I'm not dedicated to podcasting like you are. So I thank you so much for uh, for having a podcast and having me on. And I told you, I, I, I will give you my word that I'll try my best to be on here at least once a month. Um, if someone wants to contact me, they can contact me at info at tjts14.com. That's I-N-F-O at tjts14.com or um, Facebook tjts14 um, Twitter something like that um, LinkedIn LinkedIn is where I, where I do a lot of stuff follow me on LinkedIn because I just put a video out there about what have you done nice for someone today um, so follow me on, on social media and I'll leave you with this, Isaiah. It's three things that, that we have to do, um, and I do this in personality all the time, is, is for each day, we have to actualize. And in actualizing, we have to see how, how we show up each day. You know, we don't show up the same every day. You know, right now, I have uh, a, a sinus infection, and uh, probably if I didn't have the sinus infection, then I might be better, I might be worse. So I have to realize how I show up and how I show up as a leader because we talk about organizational leadership. We talk about personal leadership and what are our strategies. We, have to, we also have to neutralize our weaknesses. But here's the thing about neutralizing our weaknesses. we got to know our weaknesses. And as a coach, that's why I try to get to, <clears throat> I want you to know your weaknesses, but I would offer you this, that most leaders who have done some great things, they stay in their strength zone. They don't too often go into their weak zone, but they know or knew their weaknesses. So we have to neutralize those, but the main thing is we have to maximize our strengths. Uh, and, and they can help us to, to learn more if we lean into it. And so actualizing, neutralizing, and maximizing are the three things that we have to do each day. And remember, your, your day is set up, when we talk about leadership, is set up by your daily routine. And, and your daily routine, I know consistency is not a sexy word, but another shameless plug, tonight, if um, Steph Curry hits, I believe, 15 or 16 three-pointers, he passes Ray Allen for the three points for having the most three pointers in the NBA overall. Now think about this. Come on now. If you think about him, 
he, he really only hits about 40-something percent of three-pointers that he shoots. If you look up his, his stats, 40%, but he takes the shot. He knows how he shows up. And remember, when he first came in the league, he was just three-pointer. They used to knock him off, and then he'd start dribbling. He'd start going to the basket. He neutralizes his weaknesses because he is an awesome dribbler. Check him out. So he neutralizes that weakness because he got stronger, and he, he learned how to dribble better, and he maximizes his strength. He knows, people know, not just him, people know once he crosses half court, you might want to get on him. Because he might fire from half court. You preach so it now. You preach it now. Those, those three things are what we need to do each day. And I know consistency isn't a sexy word, but we got to be consistent. Hey, Isaiah, I, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We appreciate you. Tonight's topic was cooperation through repetition and reinforcement. Our guest tonight was the one and only Montez Jones. Look him up. Book him. We out. God bless.